It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, here we are back. Now hour number three of Green and Growing just after 8 o'clock. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. And want to remind you, if you've missed any parts of the show today, had a couple of guest experts on. Lance Walheim from BioAdvance still with us and Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia, a turf grass specialist in hour number one. Hit up WSBRadio.com, our website, and click on On Demand, and then find Green and Growing. You can listen to podcasts of every hour of the show shortly after the show is over. And the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB, is all you need to search on Facebook. Give us a like or a follow. And, of course, you know it's a Bulldog football Saturday hosting Mississippi State. So stay tuned for that right here on your home of the dogs, WSB someone who's not with us all day but i am thankful he will have been with us for an hour and a half of the show today lance walheim garden expert author and with bio advance thanks so much for joining us today lance my pleasure ashley thanks for having me and you know so much it's hard to cram it into this short time together but lawn care for dummies is just one of the many books that you've written kind of tell folks what to expect with with something that would dummy in the title, but it's actually going to make us feel a whole lot smarter. <laughs> well, you know, I was a, a little bit more intimidated when mm-hmm. we started to agree to write these books because um, I come from a more science background, and the Dummies books has, you know, has a lot of fun and makes it easy. But once I got into writing it and kind of pushed the rules aside. We had a lot of fun with it. I mean, especially with uh, how people feel about their lawns. I mean, you know, the guy's got to have the best lawn on the front street. We can <laughs> right. we can play that, play with that, and same with rose growers. When we did roses for dumb, roses for dummies, we can we can tease them a little bit. And um, but the basics was there. All the information was in the books, and they were really well received. You know, and I want to ask you talking about having the I don't know. People still do yard of the month, but yeah, like when you just said having the best uh, lawn in the neighborhood, you know, that's something for many people. That got me thinking something I read recently, and I would love to get your take on this. And then we're going to talk to Judy in Woodstock. Uh, the New York Times put out an article, and I have since Lance heard um, um, public service announcements on radio for this very same thing, and I just wanted to get your take. So, a smarter fall cleanup and why it may be aggressive to remove fallen leaves from your landscape and the folks who are advocating maybe leaving that because it's kind of a biodiverse environment you know you've got insects that can live in there and it may be better to leave the leaves on your lawn what say you i say i'm all for it not necessarily on the lawn the problem with the leaving them on the lawn um, is that it can smother the grass um, and cause problems um, I, what I like to do is just rake the leaves off the lawn or run over the lawn with a lawnmower, get them crushed up. But it's the perfect mulch for flower beds or around trees. Um, but to leave them on the lawns, um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, a little bit be okay, but I think too much is going to cause you problems. So we do maybe want to keep some of those leaves and things that we've raked, just move them into other areas in the landscape, but definitely don't bag and remove. Yeah, I use them in the landscape. It's the same way when you're, you know, we've totally changed our attitude about 
leaving lawn clippings on the right. lawn. You know, we've got mulching mowers now, and we found out that, you know, if you leave those lawn clippings on the grass, if you're mowing frequently, that it adds nitrogen and organic matter to the lawn, and it's a good thing. And we definitely don't want to fill the landfills with, um, you know, lawn clippings, that's for sure. So if you're taking good care of your lawn, you're mowing it frequently, or you've got a mulching mower that clips and clips and clips the clips, then um, you're in good shape. Leave them on the lawn. Um, you know, from an environmental standpoint also, um, what we were talking about earlier and the life, the shelf life of different pesticides and things, it's, it's also important to emphasize that um, you properly dispose of any insecticide or anything that you haven't used properly. You can call your local cooperative extension or your city disposal company. Um, a lot of communities will have um, drop-off days, but make sure you dispose of them correctly so they don't end up in the environment. Great advice and really something that gardeners need to be wary of. You're absolutely right, Lance. All right, well, we've got a a good few uh, calls before we let you go. So holding patiently up in Cherokee County this morning, Judy, hey, welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you. How are you? I am great, and I love what you've got. I love the plant that you're calling about. Yes, um, I dug it up at an old home site probably about 25 years ago, so it has spread all over my yard, and I just really do not do anything to it. I have someone working on my home. Um, They live like a mile north of me, and this is the only time they'll ever be there, and they want some of it. So I told them they could dig it up, but I wasn't sure if they could transplant it right now. So I was just wondering what your opinion was. And what you're talking about is red spider lily, right? That is correct. Also known as naked ladies. We know that, Lance. So what's your, what's your advice on sharing those? Yeah, I'd say go ahead and transplant them. I mean, especially with something that, that spreads so nicely. Um, you like to um, transplant them when they're, when they're dormant. But if you've got a situation where you're going to be doing some construction or anything like that and you just have to get them out of the way, go ahead and do them. They're pretty tough. And Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and mark them too, Judy, because it's such a pleasant surprise for folks who didn't remember putting them there or they just got there by happy accident or something when those pop up. And what we're talking about with these lilies, folks, is just that tall green stem, no leaves, and just this cool little funky red flower on top. So definitely mark them, and that way you know where to expect them to come back next year. Yeah, Yeah, I have them all over my yard. (laughs) Good. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure on Monday they'll be excited to hear that. Yeah, sharing, sharing plants, Lance and Judy, that gives us so much joy, right? Sharing our successes with our neighbors and our friends. I love that. Absolutely. All right, thanks for the call, Lance. I'm going to grab you for one more. Jan in Milledgeville. Hey, you're on WSB. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I have two huge, by easily 35 by 35 inch, uh, coleus plants. We keep them in our back porch during the summer, and that's probably why they've grown so huge and beautiful. I mean, they're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But they are annuals here, which I know, and we have a room attached to our home that we bring all our annuals into in the winter. Can we, they're so big, though, that room isn't so big, and can we cut them back? fairly extensively before we bring them in the house this fall, what will, the do, what will that do with a coleus? Is it okay? What do you think, Cole- Lance, for here in the coleus southeast? Coleus can be cut back uh, pretty hard. I wouldn't cut them back to nothing, of course. But, oh, no, you know, we if wouldn't. From, yeah, if you're familiar with the coleus, you're probably picking the flowers off them anyway. So you can cut them back probably by, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to cut them back by half. 
and, and they they'll come back as long as they're in a, a protected area. They like it a little right. bit warm, of course, but I, I you know the other thing you can do, of course, is coleus is root really easily. So you could root some cuttings whether you're cutting back just as kind of a backup. That's what I was going to ask you. That was my second question. So just cut those little rootings, put them in a like a container of just water, or does it have to be dirt or? <laughs> How They'll they root in it? water, but I think it's it's okay. almost better to do it in dirt. If you just put some in a in a jar and water in a sunny window, those those will root. Um, sure. You want to make sure you take the you make your cuttings um, right through a leaf node. That's where the roots are going to come from. They root really easily. I've never had any problems with them. If you're going to do it in soil, make sure the soil's moist um, and keep them moist. You might want to put a little plastic o- a bag over them just to keep the humidity up. But you know even even rooting them in water and then transplanting them into the soil will work, too. Thank you for the call, Jan. And for folks who may not know what coleus is, what a bright, wonderful, colorful plant that we love in summer and early fall landscapes. And Google it or just take a trip to Pike Nursery and go look for coleus. That is something that's always fun. Well, Lance, just a few more moments with you. And folks need to get on bioadvanced.com to see some of the products we've mentioned on the show and how you can really be empowered to use things the, these things properly in your landscape. I couldn't let it go without saying one of my favorite bio-advanced things for the lawn is the three-in-one weed and feed for southern lawn. Oh, oh my goodness. And needing that kind of pre-emergent treatment yet, you know, fertilizer to feed the lawn. That's really one of one of my favorites. Well, the three-in-one weed and feed is for southern lawns. So that means warm season grass. It is for um, zoysia, Bermuda grass, St. Augustine, and centipede. And we can shop all the products there when you click at the top of the page. Lawn, garden, just a little bit of everything. But I wanted to give you a minute here, Lance, to talk about the Solution Center and how folks can really educate themselves using that portion of the website. Well, that's right. We're, that's something we're really proud of. We've got a lot of information on the website. I write stories for it all the time um, on all different subjects. But the Solution Finder is really designed to help people find the right product, but also to identify the pests the weed or the disease that they have. So we've got a lot of great photographs, descriptions, they can search through it, and then we'll recommend specific products um, to control the pest or, or whatever you have. So it's really a powerful tool. And, you know, for most gardeners, especially beginners, getting the proper identification um, is difficult. So this will help you, and you can then talk to your nurseryman or or use our recommendations right there on the site. But, yeah, it's really a useful tool. Very, very good website, not just for shopping, but also for, yes, garden articles and and more knowledge and education there. Well, Lance Walheim, garden expert at BioAdvanced, I'm really glad you uh, graced myself and the listeners with your presence. You've been so wonderful and so helpful today, and we hope to have you back. What would be a good time of year, perhaps spring, when we're kind of reinvigorated again? Yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to be back on, Ashley. Thanks very much. Well, have a good weekend, and thanks so much for being part of the show. We'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you. I always love bringing all of you experts to the show that can help me answer your questions, and Lance came with some great advice today. So 404-872-0750. We'll be back with more of your calls, and at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nursery and what to plant this weekend. Stay tuned. Thank you to Finley Roofing for sponsoring the weather update. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Right back to your calls, but 
first. Number one, keep those bird feeders stocked and put out suet feeders now. That's a high-energy food for birds, and it benefits them greatly during this colder weather. Number two, mid-November, perfect time to force amaryllis bulbs you may have had outside in the summer or that you've just purchased. Place the bulb in a mid-sized container with either water and pebbles or soil covering two-thirds of the bulb. And if it's just in water, that level should only be up to like the bottom of the bulb. Place in a sunny window for six to eight weeks, and then you'll have those flowers. And number three, with Thanksgiving less than a week away, purchase various pumpkins for centerpieces. Pick up acorns, pine cones, and some colorful leaves to bring inside for decoration. Now Craig, calling from Athens. Good morning. I pass a church every day on my way to work. They have several plants that are huge. They're like 10 to 12 feet tall, but they're bushes, and they have beautiful blooms. They look like snowballs, but the same bush will have one pure white bloom and one hot peak or reddish bloom. Do you have any idea? My brain kind of first went to snowball viburnum is kind of what is a snowball bush. And that looks like a perfect white snowball. That, though, those stop blooming probably in early to midsummer, so we can rule that out. Hydrangeas, of course, we don't have the macrophylla going right now, like the mop head, the, the fluffy ones. Those are earlier in the season. And then now we're looking at panicle, like the more cone-shaped hydrangeas, limelight, that kind of thing. And those are blooming right now, but yeah, they're not puffy. They're more of a grape shape or a cone shape. So Craig, I am going to go out on a limb and take a guess. Might be a Confederate rose. Confederate rose bushes can get really, really tall. They've got big, broad green leaves uh, with like slightly serrated you know, edges, and that bloom just looks so big from the street. And they can be white and they can be pink. What do you think? Yeah, that could be it, except the same plant has separate colors. I mean, it's not like one bloom with mixed colors. It's one pure white and one hot pink. So the reason for that, it's a very unique plant, Confederate Rose, in that the blooms start white and then they gradually change from light pink and then to dark pink. And Craig, I would love to use that picture in my Highway Horticulture uh, photo album on the Facebook page where I try to post pictures of things, especially a little more active in the spring, but this time of year, things that people like you are seeing that you're like, oh man, they, she identified it. I didn't know what that was. Send that to me on Facebook. Just find me on, you know, Green and Growing yep. WSB. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. And if anybody has any better guesses, please give us a call at 404-872-0750. Craig, thank you so much. Thank you. You know we've got half an hour of show left to do, and coming up right after the news, Pike Nursery joins me. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing. This is 95.5 WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Half hour left to go here on 95.5 WSB. This is the time each and every Saturday morning I am joined by someone with Pike Nursery. And so glad, you know, earlier in the show I said we're going to have Pike Nursery along to tell us what to plant. But guess what? I was a little incorrect about that. It's something that you don't even have to plant. It's planted for you. It's ready to go. And here to tell us all about it is Carol Mulvey, the store manager of the Holcomb Bridge location. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you guys have done all the hard work. This is going to be easy for the customers. What is it that they can get their hands on? I'm so ready. 
their Christmas trees. Oh. We have them all prepped and ready to go. Yeah, now I saw Christmas decorations, Kara. I got to tell you, out three days after Halloween. So you think folks are ready? I think so. <laughs> I think they are. I think they're going to get an early jump this year. Good. Well, tell us some of the most popular types of trees that you guys offer at Pike Nursery and just how they sell and how they do so well in Georgia. Your number one variety of Christmas tree that we sell is going to be your Fraser fir. This is the most popular. It's grown up in North Carolina. That has your really wonderful Christmas tree smell. And that is just the strong Christmas tree fragrance. It'll have your house smelling wonderful. Um, it has a really deep green needle and they're nice stiff needles and they're nice stiff branches so they'll be able to hang your heavy ornaments and they just have a really nice structure to them so my favorite is going to be your noble fir that one almost looks like an artificial christmas tree Mm -hmm. it has a perfect christmas tree shape it has a nice green to it they're grown up in oregon They're very, very popular. They're a lush Christmas tree. It does have a lighter green needle to it, but I still think they're very pretty. Um, They don't have that typical Christmas tree smell. They almost have a citrusy smell, but they do still have a good Christmas fragrance to them. And their branches are very sturdy as well, like the Fraser firs. So they're going to be able to hang your heavy ornaments as well. So a new variety this year we're going to be carrying is called the Alpine Noble Fir. It still has very traditional shape like the noble fir, um, but it's going to be have more spacing in between the branches. They're going to be able to hang those longer ornaments, and they're a very pretty Christmas tree shape. They're just branches are spaced out a little bit more, um, and that's going to be a new variety we carry this year. Then we get the Nordman firs. Those are beautiful. They have a very dark top leaf to it. And then on the underside is going to be more of like a blue green. And it's very, very pretty. It's got a nice Christmas tree shape to it. And it does have, you know, nice strong branches as well. I wouldn't hang too heavy of ornaments on them, but they are not as fragrant. So if you have any allergies, those are a good tree to go. And then a Pike exclusive we carry is the flock tree. So that's something they are beautiful. It looks like you bring a little winter wonderland inside your house. We put like a coating of white on it and it is flame resistant and it is beautiful. You don't have to water it. It comes on a wooden stand. You don't have to pay for this stand extra at all. Um, And they are just beautiful. We do flock an assortment of different trees, the Frasers, the Nordmans, the Nobles. So we do have a variety of different trees. We flock the um, tabletops all the way up to the big trees. So the flock trees, that's really good to know. You don't have to worry about watering if you're going to spend some time away from the house or you just don't have time or you're one of those that forgets. But Kara, for all of the other trees and even garlands, people can buy fresh garlands and wreaths and all of that from Pike Nursery. What are the best tips for care? If you're buying wreaths and roping, you want to make sure it stays moist. You don't want to let it dry out. So if you have it on top of your mantle over the fireplace. You just want to make sure that you missed it. Um, we carry a product called Wilt Stop, so it's going to prevent it from drying out. Um, if you have your garland outside and it's in the direct sun, you need to mist it at least once a day, and that's going to keep it healthy and looking good all through the Christmas season. Keeping it out of the direct sun will be the best success for you. 
So at Pike Nursery, you have a tree with a fresh cut. It stands in water as you're shopping for it in a greenhouse, and it's going to be in the best shape possible before you move it into your house. So give us the good news, Kara. If we can't make it by the nursery, we're still quarantining or staying at home. Y'all are doing something extra this year. We are. We are doing online orders. You can select the Christmas tree, and we each each of our stores have an online order person who is going to hand-select your tree for you. And they are going to pick the best one. And all of our trees are kept in water. We put a fresh cut on them. And we can also deliver for you. Kara, that's great news. Thank you for joining us this morning. First, I'll say Happy Thanksgiving. And then we'll say Merry Christmas. But we could talk to you in the in-between time. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Up next is Dominic calling from Meriwether County. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on with you? I just wanted to... To tell, to tell y'all, since y'all was on the Confederate Rose, mm-hmm. you can't buy it at a store. You got to get somebody, like a Southern person, to get a cutting from. Isn't that funny? And like that other um, gentleman remarked as well, that really is kind of, I think of, as well, I grew up in the Atlanta area and Woodstock and East Cobb and all of that. I yeah. kind of think of that as a more kind of heirloom yeah, they just yeah, they, it's don't a Southern them. heirloom. In fact, in fact, I'm looking at my Confederate Rose now, and it's blooming. Up to the hill, up to the to the sky. So pretty. And have you ever shared cuttings with other people or had people come up and ask for one? Well, I mean, we've had some people, and we, we're trying to let it settle in before we can do a cutting. And we want to try to get some more because we have a lot of people that just, like, do some more cuttings and put them all over their house, and they have white and pink and all, all of the colors on them. So Yeah, where those blooms transition to make that slow transition from white to pink or from pink to white. So, Dominic, that's yeah. that's really good info. I'm glad you called, and I'm glad you're enjoying yours. And it's how tall? I mean, is it twice as tall as you at this point? Oh, yes. <laughs> God, yes, and it there's is. so low maintenance. There's nothing you need to do to them. Yeah, it's, and it's like during before they bloom, it's like a weed. In fact, Grant, Grammy, she she like comes out. She's like, we need to chop it down. I was like, no, honey, it's the Confederate rose. It just don't bloom right now. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to do a darn thing to it. You're absolutely right. And for those of you who missed the call earlier, this gentleman in Athens, Craig, driving by a church, wondering what is this big snowball type flower on this huge bush? And that is a Confederate rose right now. And I'm really glad we've gotten a chance to talk about that plant. I don't think it gets enough credit. So um, if you see one, you know, certainly feel free to ask someone if you can take a cutting from it. That's going to require some patience and some time. And I did reach out to Pike Nursery as well just to see if they have any in stock. And they said it could be hit or miss depending on the store location and what their inventory is. So there in Meriwether County near Dominic, we would be talking about the Peachtree City store. I mean, of course, there's a lot of locations across the north metro part of the city as well. So that would be something to to check out if you're curious about this give your local pike nursery a call and just see well thanks so much for the call 404-872-0750 stacy up next in loganville hey good morning good morning so what's wrong with your hydrangea oh no i'm not sure um this is the first year it has never had a lot of blooms but it has bloomed for me and this year it just quit blooming and i didn't know if there was something that i could do to make it start blooming again in the future or if it has just played out all right now what kind of hydrangea do we have we either have the mop head the macrophylla which would have been you know in full bloom early summer or now that cone-shaped kind of grape looking bunched uh, hydrangea that's in bloom now which one um it would have been the one that early summer okay so macrophylla so those are really tricky 
Um, and I still, to this day, don't really get the pruning straight. But it's a old wood, new wood kind of pruning technique. And I guess you've probably heard Walter and I talk about that, Stacy, where those bloom on old wood. So you see new right. growth, you know, this time of year. And I think it's yes. going to be a year before that new growth puts on the flowers. Um, so when we prune, if we take out the wrong stems, then we're going to be pruning out um, the part that it, you know, the plant's going to need to put on the new bloom. So I am looking at my fancy little resource right now because, like I said, I can never keep it straight. And somebody shared something great with me. Have you pruned in the past or do you just kind of let it go? Um, we have pruned and... Someone had told us that we could just chop it all the way down yeah. and it will come back bigger and better next year after, you know, in the dead of winter, like February. Mm-hmm. And we did that. And maybe that's why this year it didn't. That's exactly Ooh. it. You heard me kind of go, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> chopped it all the way to the ground. Oh, no. So, yeah. And that's why it, did. it did really grow big this year, but it never bloomed. <laughs> yeah, it had awesome, you know, growth on it and the leaves were all happy and stuff like that. So, yeah, we just hit the nail on the head there. So that is something that we want to prune after it flowers in the summertime, kind of in the dead of summer when it's hot. You're going to get out there okay. and be very selective in what you prune. Generally, you do. You think... If I'm just going to whack something back, you know, lantana or something like that, it's just going to come on full strength, which is absolutely correct. Correct, But like you saw, you had a lot of new growth, and that's great. But, yes, so you just messed up the blooming cycle. It's not a fatal mistake by any means. So go ahead and let that grow out. You are going to miss a year of blooms because they need to establish what's the old growth. You know, those old stems are going to be in place for about a year and then they'll bloom once they've become established. And then the continuous new growth is going to be what blooms the following year. So, Stacy, you're on the right track. Don't even worry about, oh, what can I do now? Fertilizer, you know, just kind of go into panic mode. Just let it be. Um, but for those of you who do have those mop head hydrangeas, never, never cut them all the way back unless it's just a severe situation where maybe uh, it was diseased or something and you're trying to, to let it really rebound and see if it'll grow back but you are on the right track Stacy so you've already kind of paid your dues and you've missed out on some blooms so hopefully next summer you'll be enjoying those I'm glad you called thank you so much and we'll be right back in just a few minutes wrap up the show sharing the top three things that you could do in the landscape this weekend you're listening to green and growing right here on WSB There's your weather update. Thank you to Finley Roofing for sponsoring it. And we have just enough time left for this. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Before you start getting ready for Thanksgiving coming up and before you go to Pike Nursery and get your Christmas tree, there are some things you can do in the landscape this weekend. Sure. Number one, keep those bird feeders stocked and put out suet feeders. You can go to WalterReeves.com and click suet if you want the recipe he shared earlier for making your own. It's just a high-energy food for birds, and it benefits them greatly during the colder weather. Number two, mid-November is a great time. you got to start forcing those amaryllis bulbs now. You may have had them outside like me in the summertime, or you just purchased them either way. Place the bulb in a mid-sized container with either water and pebbles or soil, depending on what you want. If using soil, cover it two-thirds of the height up the bulb. If you're just using water, that level should really stay at the bottom of the bulb, no higher. Place in a sunny window, and in six to eight weeks, you'll get those stalks and those beautiful big flowers. And number three, with Thanksgiving less than a week away, I don't mean to stress you out, purchase various sized pumpkins, different colors for centerpieces, and stop and pick up some acorns and pine cones, maybe some colorful leaves outside 
And do that with the kids. Maybe create some of your own decorations for the holidays if you're doing small family gatherings or just a few friends. I hope you have a very nice and safe Thanksgiving. Of course, I will be on all next week, Monday through Friday, triple team traffic on in the morning during Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. Thursday and Friday are going to look a little bit different because it is the holidays, but nevertheless, traffic never stops, does it? Those of you who have lived in Metro Atlanta know that pretty well. Well, we've talked about so many things on the show today, and I want you to keep up, and I want you to be able to kind of revisit some of those things. Go to wsbradio.com, click on On Demand, and you can listen to all three hours of the show, and also on Spotify and Google Play, if that's how you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on the Facebook page. On Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB and keep up with us there. It's great to have followers and likes to the page, and it's just hopefully going to become a bigger and bigger, just safe community to share our garden tips with each other, successes, failures, and a thing or two that I learn along the way as well. It's been a great Saturday morning. Thanks so much to all my guests, of course, having Walter Reeves on in the first hour and Clint Walsh from University of Georgia. So much good stuff there about turf grass management. Yeah, that applies to you. That applies to your home lawn. It's easier than you think. You just have to have the dedication to keep up with it. Lance Walheim, for more of the BioAdvance products, just visit them at bioadvance.com. And I'll see you right here back at the same time next Saturday, beginning at 6 a.m. I always look forward to it. The highlight of my weekend. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.